Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief podcast designed to help us have another spiritual moment in our otherwise busy day. If you enjoy this podcast, feel free to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and most importantly, share it with someone else you think might benefit. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining us as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. In this episode, we'll finish our weekly study of the Book of Mormon with 1 Nephi chapter 15. So there have been several episodes so far that focus on how amazing Nephi is, how obedient and diligent he is in keeping the commandments of the Lord, how dedicated he is to bringing others closer to God, and how faithful he is in learning the mysteries of God. Well, as I keep reading, I'm getting a little bored with Nephi. He's almost too good, isn't he? So I want to focus this episode on my new favorite character, Laman. We often speak of Laman and Lemuel in the same breath, as if they are the same person, but I want to recognize that they are individuals, with their own challenges, thoughts, and actions, so I'm going to focus on Laman today. Throughout these first 15 chapters of the Book of Mormon, we see repeatedly how Laman and his brother are disobedient to the commandments of God, how they murmur relentlessly about the things they are asked to do, and how they even get violent sometimes. But I want to dig into this a bit and explore the other side of Laman that I've often overlooked. So going back in time to chapter 2, we start off with Laman complaining about having to leave Jerusalem and all their money and belongings. He didn't believe the prophets who were prophesying the destruction of Jerusalem, and he didn't believe that his father was a visionary man. Well, let's keep in mind that Laman is a young man himself, or maybe he's around 20 years old, still developing. Can we really blame him for not wanting to abandon his home, his friends, his life? Have you ever told your kids that you were moving and that they didn't have a choice? What was their reaction? Maybe your parents did this to you. But let's recognize that when Lehi, quote, did speak unto them with power, being filled with the Spirit, their frames did shake before him, wherefore they did as he commanded them, end quote. Laman felt the power of the Spirit here. He felt the importance of what they were doing. He obeyed. Then, of course, Nephi has his first little visitation of the Lord and tries to tell Laman that, and Laman doesn't believe. Well, that's not surprising. When you were a teenager, would you have believed your brother if he said he had a vision? I definitely would not have. In chapter 3, after the family has departed from Jerusalem, Lehi tells his sons they must go back to retrieve the scripture and genealogy plates. And Lehi tells Nephi that, quote, Behold thy brother's murmur, saying it is a hard thing which I have required of them. And then Nephi's famous quote of, I will go and do the things which the Lord hath commanded. Okay, so Laman tells his dad that going back to Jerusalem to get these plates from Laban is going to be hard. Well, it was. Have you ever been asked to do something really hard? Did you ever say to someone how hard it was going to be? Isn't it normal for us to talk to our parents about our lives and the challenges we're having? To Laman's credit, he obeyed his father and returned to Jerusalem. Well, you'll remember from our previous episode that the brothers were not successful the first time at getting the plates back. So they were all, quote, exceedingly sorrowful, and were about to head back to Lehi in the wilderness when Nephi gives one of his powerful speeches, quote, let us be faithful in keeping the commandments of the Lord, end quote. Well, Laman hears Nephi and agrees to go back and try again. He's being diligent, just like his brother, in keeping the commandments of the Lord. So they fail again, and now Laman is really upset, frustrated that he had listened to Nephi and his father. Maybe he's frustrated that he's been trying to do the right thing, but it hasn't worked. Not only hasn't it worked, but he personally has almost been caught two times by Laban, which could have resulted in prison or maybe getting his hand chopped off for stealing. 
So can we give Layman a break for being frustrated? Now, his anger gets a bit out of control, and he starts to hit Nephi, which obviously is not acceptable. But can we relate to his anger? Then an angel appears to him to stop, to stop him from hitting Nephi, and commands him again to return to Jerusalem, and, quote, The Lord will deliver Laban into your hands, end quote. Even after this, Laman continues to murmur about how hard the task is, wondering how the Lord is going to be able to help them overcome Laban's 50 men. Well, is this murmuring, or is it just Laman having a hard time imagining how this miracle is going to happen? After all, why didn't the Lord help them the first two times? But again, Laman makes the choice to go back, to heed the word of the angel. Don't we hope that our children will continue to try even when things are hard, even when they don't understand? even when they've failed before? Well, now we fast forward to chapter 7, and Lehi has asked the boys to go back yet again to Jerusalem to convince Ishmael's family to join them in the wilderness. They're all excited about this trip back because it means they might be able to meet a cute girl to marry and have a family with as they travel around in the wilderness. But once they're successful in this, and the larger group is heading back to rendezvous with Lehi, we read that Laman and some of Ishmael's sons and daughters want to go back to Jerusalem. Well, again, can we blame Laman for this? He just wanted to go home, right? He'd been wandering around in the wilderness, sleeping on the ground, for weeks maybe, and now having returned to civilization, just wants to go back to his normal life. Can we really blame Laman for wanting to sleep in a bed, to have a shower, a cooked meal? So in response, we read how Nephi, Laman's younger brother, really rips into him for multiple verses about how disobedient he is, how hard in the heart he is, how blind in the mind he is. This really gets Laman and his brother angry. And again, his anger gets out of control and he becomes violent with Nephi. But is his anger really that unusual? Have you ever been chastised by one of your siblings, one of your younger siblings? How did that go? How did you react? But let's not forget what happens next in the story. Laman realizes his mistake. Quote, and it came to pass that they were sorrowful because of their wickedness, insomuch that they did bow down before me, and did plead with me that I would forgive them of the thing that they had done against me. End quote. Then Laman prays to God to forgive him also, and then chooses to keep the Lord's commandment to return to Lehi in the wilderness. We need to recognize Laman for what just happened here. He made a mistake, but he truly repented, felt sorry for what he had done sought forgiveness from the person who he had hurt, sought forgiveness from the Lord, and then changed his ways and made the right choice. Isn't this exactly what we're all trying to do? How often do we learn in church of the need to recognize in ourselves the things we need to change? How often do we talk of forgiveness or repentance? Here we have a perfect example of this in Laman. He's trying to be good. He is good. He's a good young man trying to figure out his life. So that brings us to the present, chapter 15. Nephi returns from having had his vision of the future from the Lord, only to find Laman and the rest of his family, quote, disputing one with another concerning the things which my father had spoken unto them. For he truly spake many things unto them, which were hard to be understood, save a man should inquire of the Lord. And they being hard in their hearts, therefore they did not look unto the Lord as they ought, end quote. Okay, so here's where I'm finally realizing that this book is being written by a teenager, Nephi, who himself is maybe being a bit judgmental here. 
Lehi just explained to his children some pretty massive topics about the coming of Christ, of his death and his resurrection, of the scattering of Israel, and then somehow comparing that to an olive tree. Of course, these are things that are hard to understand. We're all still trying to understand them. Quote, Behold, we cannot understand the words which our Father hath spoken concerning the natural branches of the olive tree, and also concerning the Gentiles. End quote. No kidding. These are hard concepts to understand. So can we cut Laman some slack that his first reaction was to want to talk about it, and that maybe his first instinct wasn't to run out and go pray about it? Nephi berates Laman here about not immediately inquiring of the Lord to understand what Lehi was trying to teach them. But Laman is just trying to talk to his family about it to try to understand better. So Nephi attempts to explain these pieces of doctrine to Laman in his own words. Quote, And it came to pass that I did speak many words unto my brethren, that they were pacified and did humble themselves before the Lord. End quote. Laman listened. He learned. He humbled himself before the Lord. He's trying. He wants to be a good man. He wants to understand the mysteries of God. Then he goes on to ask question after question of Nephi, recognizing that Nephi is close to God and understands God's mysteries better than he does. Quote, what meaneth the tree which Lehi saw? What meaneth the rod of iron that led to the tree? What meaneth the river of water which our father saw? End quote. Laman wants to understand everything. Then he asks a very profound question about hell after Nephi brings that topic up. Quote, Doth this thing mean the torment of the body in the days of probation? Or doth it mean the final state of the soul after the death of the temporal body? Or doth it speak of the things which are temporal? End quote. Wow, Layman has put way more thought into that than I have. Okay, so where am I going with all of this? As we read the contrasting accounts of Nephi and Laman throughout the Book of Mormon, of how Nephi is always obedient, always trusting of the Lord, never complaining, a visionary, receiving prophecies about hundreds of years of history that have yet to unfold, and then of Laman, who's struggling to find his way, struggling to keep the commandments of the Lord when they get hard, when he is failing, struggling to keep his temper under control, struggling to understand the mysteries of God. Well, maybe you and I are more like Laman. Or maybe a better way to think about it is that we have streaks of Nephi and streaks of Laman in ourselves. We go through periods of great faith and obedience, and we go through periods of doubt, of challenges, of struggling to understand God's will in our life. What about our children? Are they perfect little God-fearing individuals like Nephi? Or do they complain from time to time? Do they struggle to be obedient? Do they have a hard time understanding the gospel? So let's all pray for Laman and the bit of Laman that we all have inside of us. As we start next week in chapter 16 and read again how Laman and the others begin to complain, let's try to remember that deep down Laman is a good person, that he has the light of Christ in him too, that he's going through the same struggles we are to understand the will of God in our lives. Let's pray for Laman that he makes it, that the good in him is able to overpower the natural man in him that is pushing him to make bad choices. Because if Laman can't figure it out and falls away, aren't we all at risk of the same? Thank you for joining me today as we try to learn from the scriptures so that we can continue to make the decision to follow our Savior, Jesus Christ, today.